And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. Yeah, baby, bring it on! Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Devaluing the word great if you follow for Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Final hour of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. Suns do play tonight. They play the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves in Minnesota. But all the talk today has been about Jay Crowder with that story, courtesy of Chris Haynes. We've talked about it a lot. We may get back into it. Kel Olson's going to join us in about a half hour, so we'll definitely get back into it with him then. But it also kind of buried this story from yesterday afternoon about the Suns, Wolf, with yeah. uh, Brian Windhorst saying, okay. And, and Brian Windhorst has kind of dabbled in this a little bit over the last week or so. He's the one that was that was looking into how difficult it might be for the Suns to actually make a trade. Not the part of, can you get somebody to agree to a trade? Will your own ownership allow you to make the trade? So he was on NBA Today and tried to explain it this way. We know that they've got Jay Crowder sitting out. You know they're desperate for players. So you're saying, why will they not trade Jay Crowder to get help? And the reason is, is they've got three quasi-owners. Like, nothing I've seen before in my 20 years covering the NBA. They have Sam Garvin, who is the acting owner right now for Robert Sarver, who is in the middle of selling the team because he is suspended. But while Sam Garvin has said he has the authority to make trades, he actually doesn't. Because under the rules that the the league put down under the suspension, Robert Sarver is allowed to, to say yes or no to any trade for a player that makes over $10 million, which is who Jay Crowder is. Any trade almost certainly has to go on Sarver's desk. Meanwhile, Matt Ishbia is going to try to take control of this team within the next month. I'm not sure that the league is going to get through with their vetting process, but he's hoping to get control of the team ahead of the trade deadline so he can have a decision on who the trade is. So the, the, the Phoenix Suns front office, James Jones, is trying to help his team. He's got different people saying yes or no that he's got to sign off on. Mm. It's very, very difficult for them to get something done, not mm. to mention the trade market's tight. Whoa. I feel better. <laughs> Mass. <laughs> what are you saying, Brian? Uh, Brian? What a mess. Every time I listen, I have a new favorite part. Okay. This time it was the Sam Garvin thinks he has the authority to make trades, <laughs> but he actually doesn't. Which he doesn't. Hey, Sam. Surprise. Oh, goody. Sam, did you know that? <laughs> you know, I mean, honestly, <laughs> um, that that right there it was shocking when you realize that. Um, again, I said this earlier. I think I've gotten some type of clarification here, but Robert Sarver uh, has to approve any trade where they're either gaining ten million dollars or more, or losing ten million dollars or more in terms of salary. That's the best way to actually say So they say can just it. keep signing 10-day so, players, basically. Uh, I mean, that's it right there. You know, um, wow, that, that really does handcuff James Jones. And at the same time, it makes you think, why didn't the Suns just say that? You know, hey, listen, we're 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 fighting. We're we're in a tough situation right here because um, we've got an owner that, of course, needs to approve every trade that is really substantial. Well, and it sounds like they have like three owners, kind of. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's very weird, and I feel like the NBA. I don't know what the solution is, but it feels like they really kind of screwed the Suns over here because you got to run this through how many people just to get a trade through. 
first of all, you got to work it out with another team. A lot of a lot of the trades that sure. the Suns have been linked to have involved two other teams. And of course, they're trying to beat each other up in the negotiation process. Yeah. So you got to deal with if you're James Jones, you got to deal with another team's GM and owner. Then you got to deal maybe with a third team's GM and owner. Then you got to deal with your three owners. Yeah. How are you supposed to pull off any consequential trade? I mean, <laughs> it, and with this as the background, <laughs> just moving Jay Crowder would feel like a major success. Yeah. James Jones walking around the office saying, I got two. I got two. I need one more. One, one more. One more of the majority three. I got, I got two owners on board right now. I just need one more. I need one more to go ahead and approve it. I mean, you want to talk about the triumvirate of terror, having three people involved in ownership? Um, Isn't this backwards, though? I mean, just think about if this was a big trade. Think if you're trying to make a big trade. Big, that big involves, trade. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe not big, big. We're not going to go down the Kevin Durant path. Let's use Kyle no, that's Kuzma. Poly. Big, big trade. <laughs> Let's use Kuzma as the example because he wouldn't cost you a lot now, but you would have to then pay him otherwise in the offseason. Otherwise, the trade really wouldn't make a lot of sense. Okay, right? right yes. So Okay, so James Jones, like, okay, I got Washington. Uh, we're going to give them, and Jay Crowder's not going to get you Kyle Kuzma, but let's say he packages something. Jay Crowder right. and our first round pick and, you know, a second round pick next year, they're going to give us Kyle Kuzma. They don't want him anyway. Okay. And no. Jay's an expiring contract. Good. Here we go. Okay. Uh, let's see. So Sam Garvin signs off. <laughs> Garvin's like, you're done. Good. I have all the authority. And, and James is like, okay, now I got to talk to two other owners. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets Robert Sarver, let's say, on board. Why am I laughing? That's Matt Ishbia's money. Yes. Hey, Matt. By the way, Matt Ishbia, do you think he'd he like should Jay have Crowder? all the say? Would you, would would Matt Ishbia just once again? I mean, this is you know from thirty thousand feet. Do you think he would like Jay Crowder? <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. I think so. He plays with that sort of I'm like walk saying, on mentality. I'm just wondering if he would. Uh, again, I could be dead wrong. Although that, he's also but. just not playing now, and it might be totally him. And if it's totally Jay Crowder, then no, I don't think Matt Ishbia would relate to a guy that's just pouting. You didn't say totally. Totally. Um, <laughs> I just, I'm not going to be able to say that word ever now. Honestly, right now, um, I, I thought that the handcuffs were... Totally. Thank you. We're very, don't do it again, okay? Because it totally distracts me, Rick. It really does right now because I said totally. Um, it does. It bothers me. not right say now. it now. But I, I thought that if the Suns were going to add $10 million in salary or more, Robert Sarver had to approve that. I didn't know if they were going to move somebody, and this is what I've been told yeah. from the newsroom out here. And I'm not a lawyer based on earnings. I'm sorry. I did not know this. Which half of the newsroom? The newsroom that, that isn't offended by your Shania Twain no, musical no, takes? No, no, okay, no. It's half. the web flower, okay. yes. Okay. Um, but for me, once again, it's, okay, if you're going to acquire $10 million or more, he's got to approve that. So stop and think about that. Do you think he'd want to do that, Robert Sarver? No. No. He's of not course going not. To. No. He's not going to do that. But I just think it's ridiculous because that's really Matt Ishbia's money if you're talking about something beyond this year. That's the only reason I'm using Kuzma as the example because he's going to come in here and I think he makes $13 million this yeah. year. Okay, but when you give him a contract extension and that's part of the trade, that's Matt Ishbia's money. So yes. why does Robert Sarver get to say how Matt Ishbia spends his money? Yeah, I don't know. This is The, the league is... They got to get this right because you're going to end up costing the Suns a year of their championship window. Or if you don't think they're a championship contender, a year of their 
top of the league contender window. How's that? You know, Adam Silver doesn't care. He got himself mad Ishbia. He doesn't care how it actually comes off. It's just, hey, listen, you know what? We dodged one right there. We we got Matt Ishbia coming in, man, and that's all I know. I don't care how long it takes for the transition to actually happen. That seems a little odd. So just but to summarize. Just, let's come all the way around. Back to, okay, go ahead. You so, summarize. So, so just to summarize, Jay Crowder doesn't want to be here, but he might want to be here. But his teammates are hurt that he isn't here. And he's hurt that his coaches don't want him here. But we're also not sure that he even wants to be here. And if the Suns want to trade him, they might not be able to because they have to get the approval of three owners who don't agree. Right. And okay. Sam Garvin believes he has the authority to do it, but he really doesn't. All right. Is that correct? I feel I feel good now. <laughs> Let's start planning the parade route. Uh, all right. The countdown to Super Bowl 57 has begun, and Bud Light, FanDuel, and Arizona Sports want you to be there in person. Text SUPER to 620-620 to register and listen for your name starting February 6th. What a bad day for Sammy. And you can score a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl. Plus, you'll win tickets to the following events, the FanDuel Party, the Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. So text SUPER to 620-620. It's all access presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. When we come back, we'll get you the other half of our uh, wild card game predictions. We'll go through the AFC next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Let's talk some football here. We'll get back into Suns and all of that confusion with Kellen Olsen. He'll join us at the bottom of the hour, although Kellen just tweeted out that he also is confused. So that'll just add to the confusion. It'll be great. Uh, We have not really gotten into the AFC side of things yet today, Wolf. And, of course, the playoffs begin tomorrow. So let's start with that Baltimore-Cincinnati matchup and Dan Graziano, who was posed the question, uh, Lamar, is he done in Baltimore? Has he played his last game? I think there's a chance, yeah. I, I... I still look because it's not it's not a dysfunctional organization, right? And he's not a, a, a malcontent player. I think you have to assume that there's there's a chance they could still work something out. But you know, if he's going to insist on guaranteed money like he did last year, and they didn't want to pay him guaranteed money last year, you know, fully guaranteed contract like he was asking for, and now you're in a situation where two years in a row you haven't been able to finish the season. And you're going to miss a. Seems like he's going to miss a playoff game against the Bengals, a division rival, no less. I just feel like that's going to hurt his chances of getting what he wants. Yeah, you know, I would agree with that right now, but that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, Lamar is not going to play in this game. That's going to hurt the Ravens tremendously to a point where I don't think this is going to be a very competitive game. Only because the Cincinnati Bengals, man, they are they are a team that has played so much better in the second half. When you talk about teams that have played better in the second half, man, the Cincinnati Bengals, you really have to look at them as one of the favorites. They got Got it going in terms of being able to run the ball once again, stopping the run. The the Bengals are actually, I believe, top ten in rushing yards per game allowed and rushing yards per play allowed defensively. So the Ravens are going to have their work cut out in order to run the ball. That's the only way I see them moving it. They're they're going to have their work cut out for them, man, because Cincinnati's no joke. Cincinnati has not lost a football game since Halloween. That game where Nick Chubb ran all over them on Monday Night Football, they have not lost since then. Now, I did That's not. Strong. I did not. It's mid January. <laughs> they haven't lost a game in two and a half months. I did not think that they would be able to get back to the Super Bowl this year 
I, I, all the confidence in the world and all the belief in the world in Joe Burrow. Um, I have, for most of the season, thought that they were going to cause problems for one of the really good teams in the AFC, maybe take out a Buffalo or a Kansas City and then sort of open the door for the other one. But at a certain point, I mean, you got to give them their respect for having not lost a game since October and it's mid-January. They split with Baltimore this season. They lost 19-17 to on October 9th, and then they just beat them uh, in Week 18, 27-16. I think this game is... Is not a blowout, but I don't think Baltimore's ever really in it in the second half. I just, I feel like Cincinnati gets a lead and they slowly build it up to like 10 or 13 points and they just kind of lead by 10 or 13 all game. Yeah, you know, once again, uh, the Baltimore Ravens are built on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, man. They are a tough, tough, physical team. It's truly amazing. Um, if this, if this gets to be a bad weather game somehow, some way, um, and it gets sloppy out there on the field, there's some type of torrential snowstorm <laughs> or rain that comes down, some type of precip or, or serious wind. Um, the Ravens might be in this game, but you look at their offense, they're elite in terms of running the ball and rushing yards per game and play. They're elite. Look at their defense. They're elite. Top five. Top five is elite. Top five defense in terms of stopping the run. You know, they are built on the line of scrimmage. This is their mentality. The physicality of the game is who they are, but I think the Bengals are going to be too much. The the three games that I I would say are the most... um at least going into the weekend, seem the most lopsided would be Bengals, Ravens, uh, 49ers, Seahawks, and Bills, Dolphins, because there is no Lamar. Uh, there's no Tua in the Miami game. And 40, San Francisco is just a lot better than Seattle. If I, if I told you those three games, one of them there was going to be an upset, and we're in here talking about an upset on Tuesday. Which one do you think is is most likely? Because I do think it is Baltimore and Cincinnati, just because Tyler Huntley's not terrible and Baltimore can hang around in games. Now, I absolutely am picking Cincinnati to win, but just in the context of, I think Baltimore has a better chance than, say, Miami with Skylar Thompson against Buffalo. Yeah, no, I don't see that happening. I really don't. Um, They've got to keep it close somehow, some way, and that's speaking of the Bills and the Dolphins right there in the AFC. um, They have to keep it just the way that it was the previous two times they've played, and that is a close, contested football game where it's a one store, one score game. As a matter of fact, it was separated by a field goal, two points and three points. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yep. Okay. So you know they have the personnel to hold up and match up, and they've already done it in the winter time up in Orchard Park. They've yeah. already done that. That was an eye opener. I didn't expect that. They went up and played very, very well. So what they need to do, basically, somehow, by hook or crook, the Miami Dolphins need to keep this game close so that Crazy Carl can show up for them. Crazy Carl. A crazy play. Inexplicable play. That happens on a football field, or maybe even two. Maybe there's a kickoff return for a touchdown, and maybe this time it's not Hines and the Buffalo Bills. Maybe it's the Dolphins that orchestrate that. Maybe there's a fumble, and it it, it literally gets kicked around on the field, and somebody picks it up and runs it in for a touchdown. Whatever it may be, a muffed punt that flies up into the air and onto the ground, and somebody picks 
picks it up, and you know, he just craziness Can you imagine has got to happen for the Dolphins. How, how shocking that would be if we come in on Tuesday and the Bills are out because yes, they lost to the Dolphins. That, Skyler truly, Thompson. yes. I think of all the, the the first round games, the wild card games, and all the potential division round games, all the all the potential playoff games going forward in these playoffs. That would be the biggest stunner is if the Dolphins, without even having Tua, stopped Buffalo and took them out in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, this season of all seasons. Yes, you know, and we were talking about um, the NFC a little bit earlier in this beautiful broadcast, and we're talking about the Vikings and the Giants, and the fact you had Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones, and we know we know the history of those two guys right now. Of course, the same thing applies for the Jaguars and the Chargers because they're too young. Guys, this is my favorite game of the week. It is. It's a good game, man. I don't. The only problem I have with this one is the outcome. I don't know how much it's ultimately going to impact the playoffs, but it's still the one I'm, I'm the most interested to watch. But like you keep referencing the Minnesota Giants game. However, that game ends is going to get real interesting because if Minnesota wins, they're going to be just they're going to act like they won the Super Bowl or at least the fan. <laughs> but if they lose, it's going to it's going to go too far the other way. It's going to they're going to act like they're being contracted out of the league. Dallas, Tampa Bay. However, that ends. It's either it's either Brady's done and people are going to speculate on him retiring. Or they're already doing it with Aaron Rodgers. I just saw it on one of the TVs while I was talking or Dallas is going to lose and it's going to be like, all right, he's firing McCarthy and hiring Sean Payton. Jacksonville and the Chargers, it's like whoever wins, big step forward for this young quarterback, maybe stepping into like top four, top five territory. And uh, and whoever loses, okay, you know, that's progress. But I think just in terms of an entertaining game, that's the one that has the most potential to be not what Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes was in the playoffs last year, but like the light version of that, right? Where what if the fourth quarter of that game is just Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert trading punches? Yes. Who do you think is going to play better? Who do you suspect? You got this feeling. Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence? Who do you suspect will actually play better? I was going to say Herbert. Mike Williams is out, though, because he played in that meaningless Week 18 game. So... I'm going to say Trevor Wait a minute, Lawrence. Because he played it. Don't say it well, like he that. Got hurt. He the got guy hurt was trying to actually, you know, he's trying to close out a season. Well, that's close fine. it out strong, of course. But he did get hurt because he was playing the <laughs> game. You're not wrong. You're going to turn into one of these guys. No, that, you know what? No, I'm not going to play no, no, you no, no. because you're going to get hurt. All right, here. Let me rephrase it. Can you be that terrified? Mike Williams got hurt playing in that Week 18 game. How's that? Okay. Uh, how about this? He's not playing in Week 19 because he was playing in Week 18. Yeah, you know what's so interesting? I think Trevor Lawrence this. is set up for a little more success. You got Justin Herbert who's got a quarterback rating of 93.2. And then you've got Trevor Lawrence who has a quarterback rating rating of 95.2. So two guys that aren't even as good as Brock Purdy. If you, <laughs> Why are we talking about these If guys? you would have told me right now that <laughs> Justin Herbert actually had a lower quarterback rating than Trevor Lawrence, I would have said, Luke, you're crazy. <laughs> would you have said it just like that? Just like okay, that. Okay, well, that would have really driven the point home. No, I think what you have, though, is... I can already see in the middle of the offseason all these quarterback lists coming out. Oh, what quarterback would you most like to have going forward? You know Mahomes and Allen and Burrow are at the top of that list regardless of how these playoffs play out. And Jalen Hurts is going to be up there. But Trevor Lawrence and, and Justin Herbert, this, is, I, this really feels like the race to be in that top five. And it's not like that's just decided by this weekend's game. 
but whoever wins obviously has a chance to keep building that resume in the playoffs. Who do you think actually has the coaching advantage in this game? Jacksonville. Jacksonville. You yeah. say that with certitude. I think Staley's a better coach, but there's going to be a moment where he's like, I have to do exactly what the chart says, and the chart will determine where we go. <laughs> to which I always think, I always think, you could just hand that chart to a 10-year-old and have them read it if that's all it takes to be a coach. Can you imagine if Staley does this in the first quarter? It's 0-0 game, it's 4th and 2, you're on your own 42-yard line. <laughs> We're going to go for it. We're not going to punt it. <laughs> can you imagine? I mean, yes, sir, I can. Why? What if he does why? it? What if he does it in the fourth quarter, up seven, and it's like fourth and goal from Whoa. the four? And it's like if you kick the field goal, you're up two scores in the fourth quarter of a playoff. Well, but the chart says yeah. if we did this ten thousand times, oh my goodness, we would please. win one more time going for it. It's something that I think he honestly needs somebody to take the clipboard and just take him aside before a game, take him into an office, and just flatten his face with a clipboard. Just, <laughs> just let him know. He's a good coach All otherwise. The, he's, he's a fantastic coach. Yeah. Brandon, if you're going to do this right now, we're going to have a mass exodus. It would be like if, okay, Wolf, you're a good host, but at the end of every segment, sometimes you just turn your mic off while you're talking. That's yeah. like Brandon Staley. Right. He's a good coach, but for some, some reason, he has to self-sabotage like once a game, which isn't great in the playoffs, I would imagine. He's self-loathing, Brandon. <laughs> Lay down on the couch, please. All right, we got to have our fun and talk football. Now we have to get back into basketball. Text us your uh, thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Um, well, we have options. We could just talk Suns Timberwolves with our next guest. We could talk about the Jay Crowder stuff that came out today. We could talk about the Brian Windhorst stuff that came out today. Or we could just talk about all of it. Um Okay. All of it? All of it. All right. Kellen Olson's going to join us next. It's uh, Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Crowder. I can see you out there, Kellen. I've talked to like 19 basketball people in three hours. Arizona Sports. Our son's mega mind. Kellen Olson joining Wolf and Luke to talk about the Phoenix Suns. Now. All right. Before we get to Kellen, according to Ian Rappaport and a lot of other people, John McVay is uh, telling his staff he intends to return. Oh, the Rams coach. he intends to return. What happened, Sean? What happened? Because just the other day you were saying, you know what? Hey, listen, if you want to leave, you're free to leave. Okay? Because I don't know what Sounded I'm doing. Sounded like Jack Nicholson I when know, he said exactly. that. <laughs> okay. If you want to leave. No. Okay, look. That means there's only five uh, head coach openings. Like, I don't know if, if Sean Payton to the Rams is going to be a real option, but I think that's not good. now. No, that's yeah. good right Let's there. Let's keep it, it down is. right here. Are you yeah, kidding that, me? I feel like at this point, Denver's like the team I'm worried about. Not, okay, Denver. Uh, Interesting. Uh, the other team I'm worried Ian about. Ian Rappaport says you got to be worried about the Houston Texans. Well, maybe, maybe Ian's right. The other team I'm worried about is the Phoenix Suns, which is why we have Kellen Olsen joining uh, us on the Arizona Sports Line right Keller. now. Kellen, what's going on, man? Does this mean I'm not getting a second interview with the Rams? <laughs> no, they'll interview you. You're just not getting the job. <laughs> Killer, how are you doing? I'm going to put it on my resume still. I'm doing good. What's up, man? Um, you tell me right now. Um, when you think of the Phoenix Suns and the stories that are out there today, what, what is the one story that grabs your attention? I'd, I'd really like to know. It, it's it's not the Jay Crowder one. We'll talk about it in a bit, but I... I I'm just encouraged by the way that they've played for the last five games. They, they set such a low standard, unfortunately, with the way that they were playing over that month, over over December, and then a week into January. We, we, we were just looking to sort of, sort of just try and get a look back at this team from like an effort and a fight perspective, and we've seen that 
in the last five games. I've, I've joined you guys' show a couple of times over the last six weeks, and we've been talking about more and more how it's less about, or, or I've been saying at least, I think it's less about wins and losses right now and more about them starting to look like themselves as a team. And they've done that in the, in the last week, which is encouraging because right now they're missing seven of their most eight in, important players. Maybe D.A. will come back tonight. But they're so shorthanded to such a crazy degree that it's about just getting back to their rhythm of basketball. And then once these guys start to trickle back in over the next two weeks, they can start to get back to adding wins. Who, and just even looking over the last five games, five different leading point scorers in those five games. And obviously none of them are Devin Booker because he's not playing. But when you look back over the stretch where you are more encouraged, what has you most encouraged? I like the way that Mikel has bounced back. I think that he and DeAndre were both put in a really difficult position because they were expecting their roles to increase, but I think no one could have seen a situation in which their roles would have increased to this extent where the Suns didn't really have ball handlers available and point guards available on the floor to the point where they were relied on that much. And and I think DeAndre, specifically in his last game he played before his ankle injury, looked looked great with how he was responding and getting in the flow of the game. And I think Mikel in, in the last three has been there. I think last night you just chalked it up to a schedule loss the way that he played. But that Warriors game, that, that was some of the best basketball that he's played this year. And he did so in a moment where he was getting the ball in the fourth quarter and he was the guy being Devin Booker getting trapped by the defense. And I don't even know if Mikel Bridges has been trapped before. Like even going back to Villanova, like he's not really been that type of offensive option. So a lot of growing moments for him. And he's he's been doing well after, after not shooting the ball well uh, for, for pretty much a month straight. So, DeAndre Ayton, do you think he's going to play tonight? And if he does, how do you think he's going to play? What do you want to see from him? The track record on his, his ankle sprain so far, Wolf, it's, it's been the left ankle now. I think this is the third time that he's had an ankle sprain uh, this year, and both of the times he missed two games. So, we should be on pace for tonight if, if, he, if he lead to that, of course. But, it, but if not, yeah, I, I think Monday is the same. But that's the good thing about these games. Wolford this week is that they have two games over over seven full days after the Denver loss. Two games over seven full days gives them a lot of time to rest, and I think rest can be defined two different ways. It's for guys like DeAndre and Landry Shaman and Chris Paul and the guys going through other rehab stuff, but it's also just the guys who are playing right now who are playing crazy minutes, guys like Mikel Bridges, Torrey Craig, taking on a lot more responsibility. Dwayne Washington Jr. is in there as well. Uh, but this is certainly one you could use him for, right, with the with the size that Minnesota presents and the way that they've been playing basketball. I think they've won four of their last five. They started to piece a little bit of things together in that very jumbled up West. Talking to Kellen Olson, uh, Kellen, we're now 43 games into the season. The Suns have won five of their last 20. Now I get it. It's an 82-game season, and 10 teams get to go to the postseason, whatever you consider the play-in. So it's not like every regular season game means that much, but at what point in your mind does the record actually start to matter? Because they're kind of just hanging on to a play-in tournament spot right now. Right. It definitely matters right now. I think we should characterize it as that, but I will say that when the injuries are so ridiculous, which is the way that they've been now, again, I, I just need to say it out loud. If we were assuming that Jay Crowder was, was playing for this team, he would be one of the seven of the most eight important players that is out for them right now. Mikel Bridges is the only guy you could for sure pen in in their playoff rotation coming up in April who is playing right now, which, which is crazy to say in terms of the injury outlook and everything like that. So I think that requires you to readjust expectations. And right now, I'm looking at the start of February, the second week of February, when it seems like that's a safe point 
to sort of say, okay, that seems like when everyone should be back. We have reevaluation dates for campaign. His his is coming up in about a week, and then Dev Booker's is about two weeks out still. But then once you hit that February point, it seems like we should start getting to the point now where just about everyone is back, and that's when you want to see them, okay, play five games, ten games over 500 for a 30-game stretch the rest of the way. Then you're looking at a about 500 record, five games over 500. That's certainly nothing, nothing that uh, will clinch home court. They'll probably wind up being like a five or a six seed right now unless they really catch fire in the, in the second half of the season. But for now, I, I think that's the record I'm more looking at. It's like once everyone is fully back, once more importantly, just once Devin Booker returns, okay, can you be 10 games over 500 for that stretch? Because you not only need it for the standings, but you need it for the momentum going into the playoffs as well. Talking to Kellen Olson, uh, Kellen, the Chris Haynes story on Jay Crowder today. It's got a, a pretty impactful quote from Mikel Bridges in there, and then it's got a couple long ones from Jay Crowder. What most stood out to you? Uh, just how confused I am, like he is, uh, apparently, because <laughs> you know when you have situations when you really need more information and then you get a little bit more information, then you're even more confused. Like you just thought, all I need is information. And then once you get information, you're like, ah, well, well, actually, I need clarification on the information. 100% still, agree with you. Yes, 100%. And, 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 and this is one of those instances because I'm just kind of, we knew that this is not a secret. It, the players going back to training camp talked about, how much support they have for Jay and his situation and how they support him through what he's going through. I, everyone said that. That was a unanimous thing. So that wasn't really in question. And it seems like from Jay's statement to Chris Haynes, it was just more about his leadership uh, being questioned. At least that's what it seemed like he wanted to address the most, which, guess what, when you don't show up, uh, your leadership is going to be questioned or you go through a situation where you were asked to be sent away from the team or however this exactly went down. Because again, I'm even more confused now because Jay in his statement clarified that this is not due due to contractual negotiations or, or anything like that. But he, he put the blame essentially on the coaches and said he was pushed out the door. Yeah. Now, now, what does he mean by that? Does he mean that the coaches disrespected him because he wasn't starting? Was it something more? That is where we need further clarification for this story because I am I'm still a bit confused. At, okay, what led to the coaches disrespecting you? What? How did we get from there to you being pushed out the door, yeah. as he puts it? Pushed out the door, by the way, makes it sound like he was ready to come in play still. Yeah. So yeah. this is one of those things where – it requires a lot more further clarification. And guess what, guys? We're probably not going to get it for a while, at least. We'll see if if Jay feels like tweeting again before the trade deadline. But for now, uh, nothing. Yeah, you know, not knowing Jay Crowder and the type of person that he is personally here, you know, it makes it very, very tough to decipher whether he's telling the truth or not. My question is, why now? You know, why now? Why why is all of this happening right now? And even Mikel going on record and commenting on it, uh, which I give him an awful lot of credit for, but we're we're probably going to find out and get some answers as yeah, I think it, it's a tough it's a tough position for him to be in a wolf in some ways because I I know that there are Suns fans the the ninety eight percent of Suns fans listening right now aren't going to sympathize with Jay Crowder at all and that's not what I'm asking for right now or, or saying or anything like that I'm just saying it's a position for him where his leadership and his locker room role and all that kind of stuff is being questioned because he's the guy not showing up right now he's the guy staying at home. And, and I would have never penned Jay Crowder as that, as that type of guy to do that. But again, we need 
further clarification on exactly what happened here. We're not going to get it from the Sun side, at least. It's, it's up to Jay Crowder how much he wants to say, and he said a little bit here, but it still wasn't enough to even let us know why. But you, to your point, Wolf, we know exactly the type of Jay Crow- guy Jay Crowder is. In his statement, he said, I'm going to continue to be the guy I am on the court and in the locker room. Well, it's impossible for him to be the guy he is on the court and in the locker room when he's not on the court or in the locker room. So <laughs> yes. it's it's just a very difficult situation because it sounds like, again, it would have been great for him to say, I just wanted to play. Yeah. But again, he didn't say it in his statement. So clarification, more information, but we need clarification. Please. The only other thing I'll, everything. Yeah, the only other thing I'll say quickly, just being a former professional athlete, if in fact he is telling the truth, if in fact he is, um, mystery solved for me, but that's neither here nor there. Kellen, good stuff, man. Thank you for the time. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Okay, bro. That's Kellen Olson weighing in right there on the Arizona Sports Line with the uh, growing confusion that is the 2022-23 Phoenix Suns. It'd be nice to just like see the actual team out there and winning games because winning solves a lot. But when you're losing and there's weird stories like this and stories from Brian Windhorst where you need to have three owners sign off on any trade, that's, um, yeah. All right, coming up next, we're going to wrap up the week with the Work Week Wrap-Up. That's how it works. That's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Boy, this will be easy. The work week wrap up this week, Wolf. We've got uh, like eight minutes to wrap up an entire week where uh, everything has happened. You know what? I'm going to say very little. <laughs> okay. That'll, that'll help, I guess. Here's Monday. Rating Monday. <laughs> Monday, the, uh, I don't know if you remember this from earlier this week, but the Arizona Cardinals fired their head coach. My, here's Michael Bidwell. I don't know if there's a disconnect. There was just performance on the field. I think he put in uh, maximum effort. He he was in here, as I said earlier. There's, I've Throughout my lifetime, I've never seen a coach put in more time. And uh, there were just a lot of bad breaks this year, and I think we got to the point to where it was just time for a change. Oh, and the GM stepped down, too. One has been with us for 25 years, uh, who has let us know that he is leaving the organization and has left the organization. And I'm going to focus on his health, and I want to thank Steve for his contributions and wish him well. Yeah, very, very tough Monday for me personally, um, and a lot of Cardinal fans that are out there as well. Um, very difficult to see people I consider to be friends um, lose their job. That's all there is to it. Yeah, the Monday after the regular season's never, I would, I would say, never a fun day around the NFL. Either you're a team going to the playoffs and you're so focused on that that you're kind of in your own world, or or you're either firing your coach or your GM, or it's a possibility. And uh, the Cardinals end up parting ways with both of them. Uh, also Monday, they reportedly put in a request to interview Titans Director of Player Personnel, Monty Osenfort, for the GM job. Bill's safety, DeMar Hamlin, returns to Buffalo from the UC Medical Center to undergo tests and be monitored at another hospital. But another another step, another sign of progress for DeMar Hamlin. What that, a stud. That was less than a week after the incident. Oh my goodness. That just lifted the spirits of us all, did it not, based on our means. Uh, and lost in the shuffle of Monday was, points-wise, the worst bowl game in college football history. The national championship, 65-7. to Here's Stetson Bennett. It's special, man. You know, I, I don't know. I got, it's got to it's wash over me. 
displaced these fans, and we're in Los Angeles. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to say. This was special. Back to back, baby. I don't know. Simply the greatest quarterback in college football history. <laughs> what? <laughs> this guy, I'm just saying, big game quarterback. When you think of Stetson Bennett and what he's accomplished and how well he's played in championship games, uh, I mean, lights out. I couldn't watch the second half of that game. It was so Oh, my. Bad. I'm not Such talking about who's going to be great in the NFL. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how this guy has played in huge games. Huge. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, on Tuesday. Tuesday. Our Giants GM Jerry Reese reportedly going to be somebody the Cardinals interview as well as Adrian Wilson, Quentin Harris for the GM job. Coyotes lose to the Sharks at Mullet Arena and a depleted Sun Squad takes down the Warriors in San Francisco. A rare win for the Phoenix Suns. Luke, play yourself. Come on. Oh, is that what the hate yes. is? Okay. Schmaltz, though, breaks it up to Clayton Keller. Schmaltz out in front looking for Chickren, who was sneaking in back door. He throws it out to Shane Gostas. Bear that shot, and they score. Barrett Hayden continues his torrid pace. Gostas Bear fires it in, gets knocked down, and Barrett Hayden, right place at the right time. I wonder why Rick was freaking out that I didn't play a Coyotes highlight. Yeah, it was you on play-by-play. Play. Yes, that, that was too. This really was a long week. Tuesday was play-by-play. That was fantastic, by the way, right there. It was there. fun. It's the first I heard of it. I forgot it was, about it. Was, it. it was that bullet drove me crazy. I forgot to turn the radio on. Drove me nuts. Uh, I haven't, I haven't gone good back job, and listened to it, but thank you, Wolf. I appreciate that. Um, also on Tuesday, Suns beat the Warriors. We go to Wednesday. Wednesday. But this Wednesday, DeMar Hamlin just completely discharged from the Buffalo General Medical Center. Like, out of the hospital. Wednesday from DeMar Hamlin. Just, again, unbelievable. This is the only way to... When that all happens... <laughs> If somebody had told all of us, hey, you know what? It's a long road, but he's going to be out of the hospital before the playoffs even start. Yeah, I know. Oh, my goodness. It's just incredible. Thank you, Lord God, for all that you have done for that young man. Uh, no Tua for the uh, wild card matchup with the Bills. Adam Peters, Niners assistant GM, declines request to be interviewed from the Titans and the Cardinals for their GM positions. Ian Rappaport reports that Sean Payton's given permission to interview for the Cardinals head coaching position. And the final episode of Hard Knocks with the Arizona Cardinals airs. All right, just real quick. I know y'all know, but they made a change. Just once again, thanks for having the day. Can't thank y'all enough for what y'all did. You deserve better than this. You gave everything you had. Worked your ass off. Forever indebted. If I can help y'all anyway, let me know. All right? Love y'all. Yep. This was your first season watching Hard Knocks, right? Yes, it was. Okay. It's not usually this depressing. I was going to say dramatic, but it absolutely is always dramatic. But because it's in season, like typically it is preseason and maybe one or two rookies that you like gets cut, but they end up on the practice squad or on another team, usually. This was just a roller coaster of a ride, but that was the content that HBO had to work with. I mean, it was a roller coaster of a season that just went straight down. It wasn't even really a roller coaster. Uh, the Suns lose to the Nuggets by 29. And the shot clock is off, so the Nuggets will dribble it across and use the rest of the eight seconds to solidify their 12th straight home victory. 
The final score, Nuggets 126, Suns 97. All right, enough of that. On to Thursday. Thursday. Thursday, uh, some more GM announcements for the Cardinals. Again, interview Bears assistants Ian Cunningham. Uh, the AFC Championship, if it is Bill's Chiefs, will be played in Atlanta. What do you think of that? I don't like it. Atlanta, are you kidding me right now? What I think the NFL should do is build a neutral site stadium. That's what I think. In like Montana or something? No. (laughs) Put it in the middle of the country, right? Build this stadium that is a neutral site experience. You could play a lot of games there. You could certainly make money on it. Not only that, too. Call it the grid. Just call it the grid. I think they should. It's a neutral site. It's it's where all of a sudden you're going to have situations like this. If they ever come up, you're going to play it. But not only that, you could say every Every team will play one game in the grid. Okay? I, I, want, mean, I want Wolf to be commissioner of the NFL for just a week. Just I to mean, see what you can do. Eight away games, eight home games, and one game in the grid. But then what about Frankfurt? Well, yeah, of course. But you, that, you're going to work that in okay, as well that's over time. All right. Yes. Okay. Uh, also, ASU, ASU, or also Thursday, ASU beats Oregon 90-73. to Game wasn't even that close, honestly. We go to Friday which is today, Friday. And uh, the reason we're getting to today is because i got to read some of these quotes from the Jay Crowder uh, story on Bleacher Report. Quote, I've spoken to every player and that I've played with on that team, and they all have stressed how much they miss me and respect my decision. I'm thankful for their understanding. This move of pushing me out the door was a blindsided hit to not only me, but my teammates, as you can see from speaking to them and myself in the conversations we've had behind closed doors. That's just part of it. I can't read the whole thing, but none of that's great. You know, if in fact Jay Crowder is telling you the truth based on our names right now, for me at least, and it's just my perspective, mystery solved as to why the Suns are the Suns that we're seeing or saw before they all got injured. Once again, listen, getting injured, that is just the brutality of any professional sport, and that certainly has happened to the Suns. But man, we knew there was something, something that seemed a little off. It's Jay Crowder, if he's telling the truth. Uh, NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport on the Pat McAfee show about the possibility of Sean Payton to Arizona. So going into this, I would have said, I don't know if Sean Payton would go to the Cardinals. Now I think it's pretty legit. So we didn't get to play the part where he's like, really? And he's like, yeah, I think it is kind of legit. <laughs> you like that part. That was my favorite part. Yeah. Lamar oh, Jackson no. uh, rolled out of the Ravens matchup with the Bengals and Cardinals reportedly requesting an interview with Steelers linebackers coach Brian Flores. Anyone want to cover a kickoff right now? You ready to do it right now? Just listening to this. Oh, Sean McVay is going back to the Rams. Um, oh, yeah. Thank you, Sean. Great. Um, I'm going to smear the eye black on and run you over. Thanks to uh, Jesse Morris and Lauren Colville behind the glass for Wolf. I'm Luke Burns and Gambo. Next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.